and welcome to the Automobiles Podcast, the show where we talk about anything that has to do with four wheels and an engine. And joining me today is the number one Festiva hoarder in Connecticut and probably the East Coast, Mr. Chris Hampton. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good, good. I see you had an eventful weekend, right? You were just came back from, did you not come back somewhere? I... <laughs> no, I, uh, well, I had to go to the junkyard. That was about it. That's yeah. where you went, right? Yes. yes yeah, because what uh, Bill's car was broken, right? Right. So, well, uh, my partner Bill, um, he has a, a E46 BMW, a 330i, and um, we've been chasing down vacuum leaks for it for a while. We've been trying to figure out why it always has a check engine light on for a vacuum leak or a lean condition, which is usually vacuum leaks. Right. Dealing with dealing with that, we're learning about the previous owner of the vehicle. So what happened was we I built a smoke tester to 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 <laughs> that check. bong thing on Facebook that yeah, you, yes. that crack whore bong that you made. Yes, it looked like a bong. <laughs> it looked like a very weird bong. But anyway, so we built a, te- a smoke tester, and uh, come to find out, uh, we we ran a smoke test, and it was coming out of the valve cover, and we we're like, oh, what the hell. So we took the cover off the top of the engine. Come to find out, the center bolts on the valve cover, and the valve cover's plastic on BMWs, in case you don't know, um, the previous owner over-tightened the bolts that hold the valve cover on. And I assume he did that because the gasket was bad, or the, ba- the gasket wasn't sealing, or whatnot, and just ran the bolts down, just trying to get the seal, and it cracked the valve cover, and that's where all the vacuum was going out of the out of the uh, valve cover. Which makes sense because I seem to remember some type of hissing noise coming from there. That fucking sucks. Yes. It, so our the situation that happened after that was we went to um, a local a local European auto parts store online, and we uh, we were searching trying to find a valve cover, and we figured there'd be like an aftermarket one or something like that. Because it's plastic and it's going to break because if you over-tighten it... it, It's going to crack because it's fucking plastic. Yeah. So (laughs) what we did, um, we looked it up, and apparently the only person that makes a valve cover for that particular gen, because they changed the valve cover, probably because it cracks, um, like halfway through the years of that engine, but um, come to find out, it's $450. And, and this is and it's four hundred fifty dollars a little steep for a valve cover. So I took the opportunity to take time to uh, go to the junkyard to find a valve cover because four hundred fifty dollars is a little That's too steep. much. Yeah, a little That's, steep for a valve cover. Like maybe made out of aluminum, but not plastic. Not fucking plastic. So <laughs> rubber made. So we we luckily we found um, uh, one of the junkyards in Rhode Island had. A car with the valve cover we there was a lot of them that were removed um we were getting kind of bummed out but then i realized that the bmw pretty much reused the valve cover on literally every vehicle so i started searching like five series and all that and come to find out that there was a bmw x5 in the junkyard and we cross-referenced the part number on the valve cover and it was the correct valve cover which um was pretty was pretty lucky because nobody touched that engine thankfully but we had to buy tools to take it off, so I got most of the way taking it off up to the point where I needed a special socket to remove it. I didn't bring a small enough socket, so we had to run back, or run to the auto parts store, grab sockets 
come back and then take the Valkyrie cover off. And at the end of the whole event, after taking it off, which wasn't too bad, um, but um, at the end of the event, the valve cover cost $14, and the tools cost $17. So it ended up costing me more in tools than it did the valve cover. <laughs> but Instead of $400. But instead of $400, so I could replace that 40-ish times before this has ever come a problem again. See that that and that's what scares me about German vehicles is they're just their parts catalog is so expensive. Like my my mechanic is a Volkswagen head. He's like V dubs for life and he's been trying to get me and my fiance to buy one since I've known him. And I've watched what he goes through and how much money he dumps into all of his golfs. And then I'm like, why do you want me to buy one? <laughs> like, there's so it costs so much money. It, like, the, he just picked up brake calipers for the VR6 that he drives around. They're like, what did he pay for them? He paid like almost as much as what that valve cover gasket about was gonna about four hundred dollars. And the thing is like one year newer than my Toyota Corolla, and <laughs> the front calipers on that thing will probably be like what forty bucks. Yeah, probably. <laughs> They're super cheap, but I honestly, I feel like I've had the opposite experience. This this BMW that I've been working on, like most people, when they get a BMW, like when they hear BMW, Volkswagen, Audi, they expect that, oh, well, it's just going to be ridiculous to fix and all that. And maybe it's because I know how to personally fix it or whatnot, but parts for parts, I don't, I haven't really noticed a like a discrepancy between the cost of a part on a BMW than it is for say a Toyota. Like for example, I replaced this radiator because it had a small hairline crack in it, and right. it was and it was one hundred and ten dollars. I mean that's about the average cost for a radiator. Really not that bad. And I did the brakes on it. Granted, his brakes were a little bit more expensive because he got EBCs, which is more more track high race high-end oriented wheels we got wheels that were specifically for the the bayern wheels they were bolt-on offsets were perfect no like the, the bore on the center was perfect bolt pattern perfect didn't cost any more than our other set of any other set of wheels that you could have bought but um i mean at that at that time like with the valve cover, yeah, the valve cover was four hundred fifty dollars. But I could tell you that the valve cover for my two J, if I were to buy it from Toyota, probably been around four hundred fifty dollars. So I think it's just more of the scare. Like, like if somebody has ever worked on like a Toyota, like I I work on my Toyota all the time. It's very simple because it's just how it's built. That's how Japanese cars are. That's how just how Japanese cars are built. They're just very simple. When you go to like a BMW or Audi or Volkswagen or any any European car, you kind of have to follow it more towards like a Lego set. Like you have to follow the instructions. If you don't follow the instructions, you're then it's not, not going to work right. Yeah, you're not going to get the in, atten, intended effect of replacing your valve cover gasket. Right. Or like when I did the radiator, I was like, oh, this looks very complicated. And I looked up a how to. I was like, oh, you just follow the steps and it comes out and everything's cool and peachy. It's it, like in, in the Cressida, the, my Cressida, I could pull the radiator out and be fine, but the, pull the radiator and put it back in. But honestly, it probably takes 
just a little less time than the BMW after following the instructions for the BMW. Yeah, true. That's true. I, I guess you're right. I mean, and of course, there's also certain, like, exceptions to the German rule, like the Tuareg. Like, nobody, like, apparently, cause from what you're, you're looking at buying a Tuareg to, like, replace your Tundra, and I guess what you're saying that... No one's had issues with that. I, I've noticed that people haven't really had issues with the engine, which was kind of interesting to me because, like, when I buy it, like, I want to buy a Touareg because I want to take more, like, road trips. I have a Mazda 2, and it, granted, it's a nice car. It's, it's like, all, I've had it for over five years. It's been great. But it gets at, uncomfortable after a at, while. After about 10 hours of driving, you're like, I hate this car. <laughs> so, it's so a little extreme. Like, <laughs> so like like what I want to get something a little more comfortable, and the Volkswagen Touareg also has the added benefit that it can tow seventy seven hundred pounds. It actually tows more than my Tundra, which is fucking nuts because Tundras can tow a lot. Right. Granted, my Tundra is kind of like the base model of the base model, but at the at the end, like I, I would like to have an SUV, like to have a closed cabin, and a little bit more comfortable, more but a little bit more luxurious. I think that one of the other problems is most people that buy German cars used, or German, not German, uh, European, we'll say European because Jaguar and stuff, when they buy those cars, they're expecting to have to take it to a European-specific mechanic, which is probably going to charge more money because they know they can't. Yeah, well, that's, that's also with any dealership. Like, if you take any car to get serviced at the dealership, they'll try to bone you one way or another, whether it be, like trying to sell you on shit you don't need or stuff like that. Right. But, but yeah, no, and that was a common misconception that I had too. Like if I was going to get a German car, I'm going to have to like take it to the dealer because everything's fucking proprietary and I'm never going to be able to work on this by myself. But right. John, John proved me wrong on that. Thank goodness. I can't really speak on the new German cars though, but like if I wanted like a mid two thousands or older, I'm fine. Like yeah. you can work on it. Yeah, I I don't think that I've ever <clears throat> like looked at Bill's BMW and been like, oh my god, this is super complicated and I have no idea what's going on. It's built like any other car. I I can't vouch for the I can't vouch for anything newer than than the 2002 BMW, but I like like but generally I don't aren't I'm not working on anything younger than 2005. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the the newest car I've ever owned was my G, uh, G35, my 2007 G35. And I've quickly learned that there's very little I can do by myself on that car. Because, like, if anything has to do with the electronics, you need a scan tool. Oh, yeah. Well, like, but, but it's like, someone explained it to me. It's a specific software that you have to use. Like, my throttle bodies... When they needed to get clean, when I first bought the car, they were stuffed more than Thanksgiving dinner, and we couldn't get the throttle bodies to open, right? Oh, so the carbon, carbon deposit? It was all carbon buildup, yeah. And it, it was just a thing, like, I caught it just in time, so nothing actually happened, but we couldn't get the throttle bodies to open. If anything, we got them to, like, flip, like, for, like, a half a second. You need software that only Infinity dealerships have right and if thank god i had an extended warranty because that would have been over a thousand dollars actually no no no. to reflash the ecu 
just the ECU was like $800. Jesus. Just to reflash, which you have to do. There's no way of getting right. You have to reflash the ECU every time you do something with the throttle bodies. It, it's very interesting, too, because I feel like, like I would probably work on like five BMW 3 Series before I worked on a G35 or G37. Seven. G37. No, 35, 35. But uh, but like I would I would work on I would work on more I would work on more like more BMWs than that but like come to think of it like it, it's like more complicated because it's a V6 versus like an inline six like when I I did all the timing stuff for the Tundra because uh, the the water pump didn't work so I figured ah, I might as well do all the timing because it's driven by the timing belt and that's hella complicated right. so that by far was the most miserable timing job i have ever done like it was horrible and i i cussed i i think it's because it's a v6 and it just there's more stuff going on and more stuff going on in that system than in line six like i can do like i've done plenty of timing belt changes on 7m supras 2j's never had a problem with it i don't think i'd have a problem doing a timing chain on a bmw but i don't want to ever do another timing job on a on a V6 Tundra. It's horrible. It's well, there, I mean, the belt goes in so many different directions. I'm like, it's oh, super long. That's what I was going to ask. Was it a belt or was it a chain? It was a belt. Oh fuck! You're going to have to do. You know, sorry, Chris. We, either you get the Tuareg, or you're going to have to do that shit again. Well, I mean, it's a hundred thousand miles. So I mean, it has one hundred forty-six thousand miles on. So oh, so you're good till two hundred forty-six yeah, thousand. Yeah, but they, it will make it to that. So oh yeah, sorry, but like. <laughs> it's just like the belt's super long it goes around different things there's so many tensioners everywhere there's like a method where you have to like like there's like a tool that you have to like push the push the hydraulic tensioner because i have a hydraulic tensioner that's powered by oil pressure you have to push that in you can't do it by hand there's no way you can do it by hand you have to have the tensioner tool and it's just ultra complicated like just because and i feel like it's because it's a v6 um, I like even with the I the like the two J has a hydraulic tensioner just like it. Don't need a special tool for it. Like it's, I it must be because of just the 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 uh, the configuration of that engine. Okay, is that engine used in any other in like a car like non SUV or truck? Um. Well, there's a variant. So that's the five VZ. And the variance of that is actually in the early Camrys, the 3BZ. So, like, it was hard enough in a rear-wheel drive configuration. Imagine that in a front-wheel drive configuration. Yeah, no, I'm good. That would be horrible. I think, I don't know if the 1MZs use a belt. It might use a chain, but, like, even even if, like, could you imagine trying to change a, a chain in no. and the, and, and the engine bay in that? No, no. That's like, like, I know, like, you don't normally have to worry about timing chains, but I really hope i never ever have to do that <laughs> like ever i've lucked out on like pretty much every car every car i've had has had a timing chain on it except right yeah every car i've had was a chain um and i haven't had to change one yet and i'd like to keep that going i don't think i've ever had, i don't think i've ever owned a car with a chain actually no the mazda 2 is a chain but i mean it's impervious to damage so I was gonna, yeah, that thing is like ninety two thousand carefree miles. It hasn't really done anything. So, but I bought it new, so that's it shouldn't have gone out by now. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. So you, you want so you want a Tuareg. And yep. Have you looked up like maintenance? Like how much it's gonna like just like parts in general. Have you looked at the parts catalog for that? I haven't yet. I've I, I've done very loose research on reliability because the big thing is I don't want it to just randomly break down in the middle of the road. I mean that would be kind of terrible. I've had that happen once and I don't want to happen have it happen again. And I've never really noticed like every everything I've looked up has said that the engine's pretty reliable. They haven't really had any problems with it, so. I, it's not the V10 Touareg. It's the, just to clear up to everybody. I'm not looking at the V10 Touareg. I'm looking at the V6 Touareg. Because I can't... I, well, it's I like, like my house and I want to keep it. So, <laughs> and not go bankrupt. Yeah, so I, 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 I'm I, looking at the V6 Touareg and not the V10. Well, you, you don't need all that. Like, uh, the V10 Touareg can pull the moon out of fucking orbit. It's cool, though. I'm... <laughs> get that i get it but it's a little excessive like it's either tow your house off its foundation or tow the moon out of orbit what are you trying to do <laughs> i remember when fucking jeremy clarkson from top gear did the uh slash grand tour slash grand tour slash not doing that anymore yeah um spoiler alert if spoiler anybody hasn't alert, seen if the... you haven't looked at their twitter yeah <laughs> But, like, he, he did the V10 Tuareg, and just the shit he was doing in the review was just like, really? This doesn't even look like it can do that stuff, and it does. I, I actually, when I was looking up the V6 Tuareg, I was, I was interested in seeing what the V10 Tuareg, like, what they go for, and obviously it's way out of my price range, and honestly, I don't need that. But, like, from what I read... Anything you do to that car, you have to take the engine out. And the engine alone is 600 pounds without the transfer case. The the V10? The V10. Like to change that doesn't the, surprise me. Like to change the turbocharger, like the turbochargers, which apparently go out, like I've been reading, like I read that some people have had problems with turbochargers come out. There's no physical way you can remove it without removing the engine. And the engine comes out the bottom because it obviously can't fit out the hood. Uh, No. So, <laughs> so you so you have to have a lift. So I'm like, well, I can't deal with that because I don't have a lift. lift. So, and I'm not going to take it to a shop for them to charge me up teen thousands of dollars to, to change a turbo on my V10 Touring that I never needed in the first place. <laughs> I really want to meet a person who... Uh, who I want to sit down and be like, what is the one necessity, like, the, what necessity car do you need right now? And if they say V10 Tuareg, I'm leaving. <laughs> like, you don't need all that. You really don't need all that. Like, I want to know, like, like, I've only seen two of them. I think I've only seen, like, one or two on the road V10 Tuaregs. I was like, Same. that's, that's awesome. And they never have a trailer on them. And I'm like... Why are you driving that right now? There's no reason to be driving that exact vehicle. Well, that's like when I worked in the business office at my old job, I had two W12 cars back to back come in to get sold. And I did the paperwork for both of them. The first guy who sold the first W12 car was a Phaeton. And he had two. He loves them. 
He absolutely loves them. I have no idea what the fuck this guy do, does for work. He must be like Rockefeller if he can afford to have two, two perfectly working Phaetons. But his, his wife is just like, you have two. Why do you need two? Get rid of one. So he got rid of one. The other one wasn't as enjoyable. It was an AALW12. Oh, nice. And it was owned by this really privileged family. And I'm just like, I'm like, so what, uh, what like possessed, well, I didn't say like that, but like what possessed you to buy a W12 Audi? Like, is, do you just want it for the power? Or are you actually like towing something with it? Like, what are you doing? He's just like, I just like it. It's like a boat. It's like the motor on my boat that I, and then he name dropped. He's like, I, I, it's like the motor on my boat that I keep in the marina in California, and I'm just like, uh, I'm just going to just sign your paperwork and just send you on your way. I don't even want to talk to you. The du the W12 is ultra smooth. Like, it's it smooth is. I drove butter. those. I drove those cars back into the back lot after signing them because nobody came to, like, get them. Right. They are like butter. They are like butter. And I blipped the gas, and it threw me into the seat. They're tor nuts. They're torquey, and they're they're torquey, and they're 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 smooth as butter. But I wouldn't want to fix it. I I feel oh, like no. like even I'm pretty mechanically inclined, but I've seen the timing system on those. No, I hear John talking about getting a W12 or a W8 car all the time, and he's like, "It'd be so great, it'd be so awesome." I'm like, "You're going to hate your life." Yeah, it breaks. Trying once. to service that, it, it breaks once, and then you're like. Why what do I do? <laughs> Why did I do this? Not like this. <laughs> I didn't want it. To, I didn't want it to happen like this. Well, it's interesting though because you say he has the VR6, and yes. the VR6 has this interesting, not issue, but design where the timing is driven off the back of it. It's really funny that you say that because, like, every other day that I hang out with John, he is like. He's like having PTSD about doing the timing chain on that car. It's like, I hope my timing chain's good. He's just like, I really don't want to know the timing chain. I'm like, well, you really shouldn't have gotten a VR6. <laughs> you should have you gotten, I don't know, like a Corolla or something. Uh, my, or save that as a toy. You yeah. Know, don't drive it every day. My, uh, I remember that that was an interesting problem because my friend Mark in Florida, he built an adapter plate to adapt the VR6 engine to a, a, a Turbo 2 transmission out of an RX-7 to put in a Miata. And the adapter plate had to have been like two inches thick, something like that. It was, it was very, it's like a very thick adapter plate because it had to clear all of the timing components. Like, and it, it like, it was super, like, like as soon as he told me, like, yeah, it's driven off the back, I'm like, why? <laughs> why would you do that? Why would, why would you do that? That's but, like Saab, because Saab is everything is backwards, yeah, right? And yeah. they make some things super easy and some things super hard. Like, I know, like, the old Saab 900s, the clutch is in the front of the engine. And so then that's all the cool. Then all the belts are in, and it's super easy to do a clutch. But then the transmission is the bottom of the engine, and it's the oil pan for the engine. So you have to, like, if you need to do an oil pan gasket... It's your transmission. So you, you have, have to, to do separate, the transmission. You have to separate the engine transmission. I'm like, 
Why would you do that? That's fucking because we're Saab and we make airplanes. Remember that, guys? We made airplanes. Remember, we did airplanes, and now we don't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just I want to be a fly on the wall on some of these like design like meetings that some of these car companies have, and I just want to know what goes through their heads sometimes, especially at Saab. Especially at Saab. Well, because, that's Saab. Nothing. The Saab. You go to a fly meeting in the Saab office. It's just empty because there's nothing there. You're just a fly there. <laughs> I'm just a fly with some dust. <laughs> no, no. But like, if if or go back to a time when Saab existed, and then just go, like, especially when they got taken under by GM because they they just shat on GM. Like, just do this. Don't do anything else. Okay, but like your shit sucks though, so I'm gonna change this, I'm gonna change this, I'm gonna change this. Well, uh, it's interest it's interesting to think about that, because like out of all like all companies that General Motors has owned or bought or anything like that, it's always there's a certain point where it gets to where they just like run them to the ground. Like they have no idea what they're doing, like Saturn. Like Saturn not the best company. I mean, it, they had a they lot of innovations. The they, they weren't the worst company, but like they had a lot of innovations. And then General Motors was like, "Nope, we're gonna start badging. We're just gonna start parts bending your cars." And then once they start parts bending them, they were they were not good anymore. Like the Saturn SL1, SL2, SEO, and SC2, they they were all pretty decent. But then when they got to the L200 and the Ion, stuff started falling apart. It was not it was not the best. It was not the best for them, and then the, the came, it, it just ruined it. Same thing with Saab. As soon as Saab was taken by General Motors, it was just just went sh straight downhill from there. Yes, yes. All right. Um, I think that's actually all the time we have left. So, did you guys know that we actually have an inbox where you can send questions to us? Because we do. It's automobiles at gmail.com if you have a question that you want us to answer feel free to send us an email and we'll read it over the podcast but thank you very much for watching guys and have a good one have bye a good one